So I was just asking uh, Dave, what are the top features of RHEL 7 that we should know about? Uh, Nermal, have you heard of a thing called Docker? <laughs> yeah, they, they might once or twice this week. If they... <laughs> um, I've been tracking Docker since uh, Doc Cloud. Yeah. Um, and then the you know when it blew up on Hacker News, probably about a year ago, right? Yeah. Probably April, yeah. March. And when I saw it on Hacker News, I checked it out. I ran it in the VM, and I was like, "This is the future." <laughs> It's it's you know it's funny it's really rare that you get a technology like that where the first time someone sees it they're like oh that's it that's that's the answer like that's like this is yeah. it, I got when I saw my first Docker presentation I got the same feeling I had uh, seeing my first copy of Mosaic on a DeckStation twenty one hundred being like wow this is like this is the thing like this is what I'm going to be doing for the next ten years is talking about this thing uh, yeah. Um, I met the the guy, I forget his name, the, the main founder, the, the main developer of Docker. Mm -hmm. He presented at O'Reilly Open Source Con last July mm -hmm. and uh, went up to him after his session and uh, talked to him about half an hour and very smart guy. I forgot, forget his name. Um, but yeah, I was just like really impressed with the kind of direction he was taking because the technologies aren't really that new right i mean it's lxc like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. c and um yeah. c groups and that kind of stuff i mean and the you know uh what is it uh read on write or write on read whatever that or copy oh. on copy on write or whatever no yeah but the the idea of what really captured my attention was the idea of versioning the environment mm -hmm. you're running stuff in Right. And the layers concept, I think that was like, oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> well, you know, and you know what, it's funny because what made it click for me was uh, when I heard about the GitHub integration. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, right, because this is actually GitHub for, but like for deployables. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we should be recording this, Gunner. <laughs> we, we, are, we are, in fact, recording this. So Nermal, um, who are you? What's your? Who do you work for? What do, what do you do for a living? Sure. So I'm Nermal Mehta. I'm a. I think we're now senior. I'm a senior technologist at the Strategic Innovations Group at Booz Allen Hamilton, focusing on enterprise cloud technologies. Nice. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So Docker. Docker is. Um, so after the, I, I had seen it. I tried it out like last, say May, mm -hmm. June. Then I took my coworker to the O'Reilly Open Source Con, um, and we sat in that session, and they did a preview of Docker and what it, you know, a live demo, and my coworker was just like blown away. He's like, "Wow! Like I don't even know why we're spending any time doing anything else right now." <laughs> right. Actually, at that time, it was like point four, point five. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like I mean, it's an, it's an incredible how fast Docker blew up. Yeah. Well, and you, and you know what's interesting too is that the like the core Docker technology, which I think somebody, I think a friend of mine described it as like taking like adding Kickstart to containers, which is basically like yeah, okay, that's that's more or less what it is. But the mm -hmm. you can also see all the possibilities because the core Docker technology, while really interesting, is you know the next question once you get excited about it, the next question is well, how do I actually control this stuff? Like how do I impose some kind of order? Because uh, the Docker 
methods are so useful, but also can just descend into total chaos really quickly, right? Because yeah. um, like you were saying, like all the layering and, and the rest of it, like how do you orchestrate between Docker containers and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's why I'm actually really excited about the work that we're doing um, across, you know, in RHEL and in OpenStack and in OpenShift, uh, trying to like provide some tools that help people manage this like really powerful technology. Um, I'm really excited to see what, uh, what becomes of that. Yeah. The, to me, it's like the Docker stuff now looks like it does the dev part really, really well, but the ops part is like, it's like, yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. How do you patch it and how do you get all that? Things? Yeah. Who was the, who was the driving force at Red Hat to partner with, uh, with Docker and kind of put, put your weight behind them? There's, there's a bunch of guys. Like okay. we have, we have a whole group, um, in our, we have like basically a strategic group that sort of looks over the horizon. So instead of, you know, what's RHEL 7 or, or like the near terms or even RHEL 8, it's like, let's, let's do crazy stuff. And yeah. you think about how easy it would be for us to just be dogmatic and say, no, you shouldn't do Docker. RPM is good enough. We've been using it for years and, you know, and, and, and sort of like, taking those notions away and not thinking about them. Yeah, not being contained by yeah. the past. I, that was a smart move. When I yeah. saw the announcement that Red Hat was putting some weight behind Docker and starting to integrate it with OpenShift, um, I, I knew that they were, you know, that that means that you guys were obviously responding to the community. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Docker is blowing up. But um, you guys are the right people because you've been doing the container right. technology. For right. Like it's a great fit. Yeah. <laughs> plus years probably right and so um and then wrapping the se linux and all the security and all the other stuff that um uh, will give our clients the worm and fuzzy yeah. uh, later on right yeah and even the, the it's like I, it looks like two puzzle pieces between what like openshift provides of being able to provide the empty container for somebody sticking app in mm -hmm. and then um you know providing those gears but this is like actually a, a really nice packaging model to be able to Put it into OpenShift, but also it's like, oh, we'll put it on Rel Atomic and you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. put it other places. Yeah, I can't wait for Docker 1.0. Yeah, I think <laughs> then we'll, we'll finally like really legitimately pitch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, so, what do you think, Normal? What do you think? Because um, I mean, you're you, you're developing applications, and we should talk about the what you're building for for VA. But um, I mean, you're developing applications. One thing I was really excited about, um, and I've talked about it before, is the fact that we created a certification program for containers, because um, I think that's a really important piece of it, right? Um, so it's not just like the development tools, it's not just like ways of orchestrating Docker, but it's also figuring out ways that we can make it easy for software vendors to package their stuff up in Docker so that they can kind of participate in the ecosystem, right? Um, you got to kind of have all those pieces together in order to make this work. Um, what do you think... What do you think is gonna? What What do you think Red Hat could do to make it easy for folks to start packaging for Docker so that they can get access to all these new platforms? Um, I think the number one thing is coming up with a holistic developer workflow mm -hmm. that includes continuous integration, mm -hmm. includes you know development environments maybe locally on your laptops or yeah. using Vagrant or all those other kind of technologies as well and tools. And how to go from from X development environment on your laptop mm -hmm. through integration testing all the way to actually deploying something in production. Right. It doesn't have to be all 
Red Hat tools, right? Mm -hmm. But right. just explicitly saying like this is a reference workflow. Yes. For how to develop off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this totally. A, um, that's the challenge we're facing right now. Is that so? You have OpenStack and you have VMware and you have these, you know, traditional operating systems, and then you have these large um, deployment tools or integration tools, and a lot of our clients and even ourselves, it can be challenging to understand like what the best practices are mm -hmm. in deployment on a greenfield project. There are so many options. Oh yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. yeah, totally. And there's no like, there's no place that says, you know, we know 150,000 Java developers, and this is the best way right now with modern technology to deploy your jars and your war files into yeah. these environments. Right, I, right. That doesn't right. exist. Like, yeah. I, if you go online, you Google like, you know, uh, deployment, you know, artifact deployment best practices you're going to get like a million different things and they're all going to say different yeah. th ways to do things. And so coming out with a canonical, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it better not be intended. <laughs> I should bleep that out. <laughs> uh, coming out with a baseline uh, deployment model, um, I would, you know, uh, for utilizing um, containers and and all that kind of stuff would be key. Yeah, well, and, and so and that actually brings up another point because the because what this runs up against too is uh, configuration management, right? Because right now there's a dogfight between like the chef guys and the puppet guys and the Ansible guys over who gets to own configuration control, right? Um, and they all draw lines of like the, the lines of demarcation between what's deployed and then what's managed after the deployment is is all kind of slightly different for each of them. Um, and and different again from how people are doing it today, probably. Um, yeah. So, like, do do you do you feel like there's consensus yet on like how to? So, Docker is great for getting your deployable out there in the first place. Um, and do you have a sense of like, okay, then how do you do configuration management after that, or do we just get rid of configuration management altogether and now everything is a deployment, you know, in like a pure DevOps way? Do you have a do you have a sense of kind of where that's where that's shaking out? Uh, if there is no configuration management. At least in terms of like containing stuff in a CMDB and making change orders and all that good stuff they like to put in between the developers and actual production code running um, and get their warm, fuzzy feeling of control over the environment. However, where, where a lot of companies that have gigantic deployments and are constantly pushed into production, they completely empower their developers to reduce the number of steps between them develop writing a line of code and getting into production, right? So right. I went to one of the Dev Nation, um, the, the Netflix mm -hmm. uh, session. And Netflix, I, I've seen them, these sessions at last year at Red Hat Summit, at O'Reilly Open Source Con uh, this year. And, and it's just so impressive, like the scale and the yeah. kinds of things they're doing. And, you know, they don't even use Puppet or Chef, they just build new images every time there's new code. Right. They, they implant the new code into a new AMI and then just spin it off from that template. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's what Docker enables. Yeah, right. And I think the way to do configuration management is going to be to do, to, have, to design your, um, your applications to be uh, clustered or, or have more than one instance running, but then you just redeploy. You 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 rebuild from scratch 
every time there's new code because it's so fast, right? Like you're not waiting for a whole entire operating system to spin up, mm -hmm. your public files to configure everything, and then putting your code on. You're just redeploying a container, which could take a couple minutes to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that relies on ensuring that you know all your applications are services, you have data services, and all that kind of stuff, which that in itself is not really a technological challenge. That's a whole other realm of problems that we have to get through, right? Because basically, no, I haven't seen an application in our client area that is designed in a modern decoupled way yet, mm -hmm. right? It's very much, they've bought into a certain enterprise stack, they've coded on top of that stack, and now they're, they're locked in. And it's gonna be a tremendous amount of effort to decouple and make those architectures flexible. So, right. oh, that's the trick. <laughs> so, and, and so this is what you're saying has got me thinking. It's uh, I've been trying to figure out an easy way of describing this kind of the opportunity and problem to to customers. And when you're talking about it, I'm realizing like maybe it's a way. Maybe one way to describe it is your change control should actually exist uh, kind of pre-deployment. Um, whereas like in a traditional, especially in government, like a traditional deployment is you do your configuration control after you've deployed. Right. Yeah. Once you're in production, then you're like, now you're managing it and it's a separate thing, right? It's an operations problem. Um, and really uh, kind of at heart, what we're talking about is all these technologies, what they're enabling is moving the change control kind of behind the wire. Um, it's now the change control is actually the responsibility of uh, the folks building the deployable unit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Docker, it's layering, right? And it's version control over the de deployment environment, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be really easy to see the delta between, you know, deployment X and then a future deployment Y, right? You'll see what versions of every kind of package change, maybe the even operating system changed, and you'll see that, right, in the Docker file. I think that is why it clicked in my head that that was really powerful, is that there's no reason you can't automate the tracking of those deltas now, and that's pre-deployment, right? So that's in while you're developing, right? And so maybe in the future, your your ops guys are going to provide baseline Docker layers, right? And say, um, your Docker file starts at, you know, our rel uh, seven mm -hmm. stig, you know, sixty four bit, whatever, you know. Right. And that's you have you have to develop off that layer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so. That's how configuration management hopefully will be in the future, which is version control, just like everything else, yeah, yeah. which I think all these other configuration management tools are essentially just doing. But what, like you said, post, post hoc, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and, as, and, and we've talked about this before, and we've definitely talked about this before, where like, what that enables too is not just like all the kind of operational and like development efficiencies, but also makes like Procure, imagine what that could do to procurements, right? If an agency has like a Docker file, which is like its standard build, um, it's now really difficult for guys like you, Normal, to go in and start mucking with how it works, right? Um, and like creating vendor lock-in and stuff like that. Um, because an agency now, like because you got it all under change control, you have this kind of bright line and says, like this is our standard build and we know exactly how you deviated from it. Um, I think it's, it could be really, really powerful as a as like as a procurement mechanism, uh, because it 
makes it really simple for agencies to say, okay, you have to build on top of what we already have. You can't go and build something brand new. Right. I mean, they're trying to do that with the common operating environment, the yeah. COE, mm -hmm. um, but I mean, <laughs> getting a, a million people to agree on things is very challenging. So, yeah. um, well, and the COE is often like built. It's either it's on paper alone or it's like a gold VM image, right? Um, which anyone can go in and, and start breaking, right? As soon as they've instantiated it. Um, whereas right. with whereas with Docker, it makes it I a mean, lot more difficult to break. Know, yeah, exactly. As system integrators, oftentimes um, after an application deployment, we're the ones that we focus on creating all the exceptions and the poems for mm -hmm. all the deviations from the stig and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I've been on projects where we try to automate as much of that as possible, obviously for just scale and redeployment purposes, but. That is a majority, that's like the vast majority of our time is spent, you know, in, <laughs> ensuring that configuration matches up and um, coming up with reasons why we have to sort of do certain things. And um, and on top of that, those those policies are very slow, yeah. right? And so <laughs> even, even in terms of government time, it's sometimes slow, right? And so it's... <laughs> It, it can be challenging because it just doesn't like some there's some vulnerabilities and things that just don't make any sense anymore and and aren't modernized yet to take advantage of of what exists so um it's going to be interesting to see especially with rel 7 because there's such a huge leap from rel 6 to rel 7 yeah in my right, idea right. like i mean all these subsystems have changed completely right um i just was in the system d yeah, uh, session yesterday with like a thousand other people and um <laughs> i was i had to leave early but um um i'd been using system d a little bit in the other flavors of linux out there and um really impressed with what you guys have done with system d and how, how you guys have improved it um i love the debugging and the logging capabilities i think and when when he uh, when the gentleman at the session announced that like that all the preboot messages and all that stuff won't be lost people were like about Applying. to cheer, man. <laughs> <laughs> I took a, a coworker of mine um, came to the conference this year, and and she's never been to a, a tech conference before. Yeah. And and I, I I was like, okay, you know, when it comes to open source, it's like some of these people are religious, right? Right. And right, like this right. is like a movement, right? And she she saw the Red Hat store, and she's like, do people actually? buy that stuff and like you know all this and it's like you don't understand like <laughs> come tattoos, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, yeah i think we bumped into someone like that and yeah and she was so shocked i was like well this this is why you know open source is so powerful and 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 this is why you, you kind of have to be careful when um you kind of just quickly off the cuff dismiss like the advances and the and the foundation that the open source communities have created for the world, right? Yeah. Um, you have to be very careful because it it hits hard for a lot of people. They've spent a lot of time um, and energy getting us to a place where we we are no longer like matching just enterprise. It is going to be right. what the enterprise is. Yeah in the future right so well, and, and people take it personally too because it's like if you, you know okay who wrote windows you don't know 
right, or who wrote what part. But right. you can actually go into the absolutely um, the, the source code. Like I, I've seen some articles about the guy that did the commit for the heart bleed. Oh yeah, and you know he's like he, you can he's, imagine what he's going through right now. Yeah, he sent he put his mea mea culpas on on Hacker News. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I think some people would would you know. Uh, I hope they don't do character attacks against someone like that. No, but no. Uh, it's good to know that there's actual humans behind right. all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah totally. It's, <laughs> it's not this anonymous uh, jungle of uh, outsourced developers somewhere. Right. Uh, and something got slipped in or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, people looked at it and they're like, oh, it does look like yeah. an innocent mistake. Right. Just like when I'm working with BPMS, I, I know that... Chris is working his butt off yeah. and, and fixing those bugs. And I know there's other people in the community that have been helping and trying to, you know, get rid of some of the issues and improving the product and integrating new features and responding. And, and it's great having that face to face yeah. and cross company, cross community interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so speaking <laughs> of, of the business rules, we didn't get a chance to talk about the, all the awesome stuff. That you yeah. Uh, I can do a, like a very quick uh, yeah. spiel about that. Um, so, um, you know, last year we won the Red Hat Innovation Award for um, using a rules engine to automatically scale up and scale down systems on Rev. Um, we took that core, we added on Fuse, and we, add, we uh, added on cloud forms and created that the core of what we're calling the open broker platform. And um, this is going to be where future digital, digital enterprise is going to get its services. Yep. So think further than just infrastructure as a service, um, platform, software. You know, if you want an email service, you go through this open uh, broker platform. So yep. we've created a, we created a marketplace in Drupal, um, soon to be Ruby on Rails to more closely fit with uh, the CloudForms architecture um, and allows our our clients to purchase and, and go through like an e-commerce workflow to get services. So right now we're just doing infrastructure as a service on top of VMware yeah. um, for, for the client and uh, we're using Fuse to decouple these systems. We've integrated Fuse with JB, uh, BPMS uh, 6.0 um, issued some bugs, found yeah. some integration things there, feeding that back to you guys and, and the community. And um, we integrated Fuse with CloudForms and, and to do the lifecycle provisioning of multiple different types of templates and things like that. So um, it's the first open source cloud brokering architecture um, that's actually deployed at a, at a client um, location. So um, we're very, very excited about it. We're putting a lot of... Um, weight behind it. Um, we do see it as the platform um, that will commoditize and um, compete against the other cloud brokering yep. or even uh, put quotes around that cloud brokering platforms from other ISVs and um, create a community that will allow us to provide a lots of different services to our end customers okay. right, and our end clients. So that's very powerful. Yeah. Um, I, I, when you guys purchased uh, Manage IQ and I knew that it was going to be open source, I knew it would be a game changer because that space, there's a huge gap and that is there's no open source cloud management tools out yep. there, which is so ironic because cloud 
It's a natural. It's yeah. a very natural fit for open source, right? And people have been deploying stuff there with scripts and all kinds of stuff for a long time. So we're very excited about the future open sourcing of cloud forms um, and the and the uh, manage IQ community around that. Yeah, and but you you know it's like lock lock you uh, a softball. So it only works on VMware, right? We're actually integrating it with AWS, um, oh. and. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at OpenStack soon. Um, we're looking forward to the OpenShift integration with mm -hmm. potentially getting gears to show up in cloud forms. And obviously, when it open sources, we we have some really small, smaller cloud service providers that we potentially need to integrate uh, with. Yeah, that yeah. I, I'm pretty sure will be one-offs if we ask you guys to do it. Yes. But our, you know, government-approved cloud providers or uh, partners that provide those services just for the federal. Space, right, 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 and so we're looking forward to the open sourcing of it, so that we can actually start integrating with um, and helping get those connectors into cloud forms with those yeah. other CSPs, right? Yeah, and and I guess for those that don't know, the reason why it's not only VMware is because it's you know you're doing a cloud it's forms, abstracted. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so instead of you guys writing doing all the API calls for each one of those right. things, it's like you you have. Uh, your your app talking to um, you know you do the business rules to do the API calls to cloud forms and it's like oh I want to do VMware or I want to do OpenStack. exactly and and it'll pick the right thing exactly and um, we see so we see cloud forms as the infrastructure as a service gateway uh -huh. um, and maybe the platform as a service gateway um, but there's other gateways we've created um, using the fuse you know architecture to decouple it but. Um, for so we've created one that does all the Office 365, Microsoft Office 365 stuff. So we have a PowerShell gateway that will, um, you know, provision email, SharePoint, Active Directory wow. within a couple wow. minutes. So the combination of so now you have one place where you can provision to VMware, OpenStack, Amazon, um, and then you can also provision your SharePoint, you know, and potentially your JIRA environments and all kinds of other stuff, right? So uh, we see it as a very powerful place and we're looking forward to potentially, uh, you know, contributing back to the community in some way and seeing how that will work out. Yeah. So we're very excited about seeing how the, the CloudForms community looks like um, yeah. and, and uh, getting engaged in that as well. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, so, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the broker solutions are um, kind of infrastructure as a service focused, right? I have an IaaS broker, um, or I ha or I have a PaaS broker, or I guess I have a SaaS broker. I don't know if anybody's actually doing that, but like presumably you could build a SaaS broker. But what you're talking about is something that can actually span all of these, right? Is, right. Am I hearing that right? Yeah. So we we envision the IT. So your IT team and your company X, um, there there will be a, a segment of that. IT team that's going to be focused on cloud on brokering, and we just call it digital, digital enterprise brokering or digital services. You know, X is a service, so it's going to be a place where you're going to get payroll as a service and email as a service, and oh yeah, that Docker container, and oh yeah, that Windows desktop VM, right? And oh yeah, that uh, who knows security stack mm -hmm. service, right? Um, all from one platform, one open decoupled platform. Mm -hmm. um, that is the power. That's the gap in the market. Um, at, at one of the keynotes uh, at DevNation, 
um, one of the guys there was talking about different tool sets. You have frameworks that 80% is out of the box, but that extra 20%, you'll pull your hair out because yeah. you're forced to use that framework, right? Then you have composable systems, which are like VI and Emacs, where you know 20% is out of the box. Yes. But it gives you the flexibility and power to do get all the way to 100%, right? right? That's how we're envisioning this open broker platform is a place where it gets you the, the foundation to be able to compose the connections to different services and be able to, to handle the lifecycle of those services in the future. Yep. And have one pane, of, hopefully one pane of glass into that yeah. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Make sense? Yeah, totally. That's awesome. I, that's, a, that's an incredible, like, sprawling <laughs> vision. Like, you could spend the rest of your life doing that. <laughs> well, that's, uh, you know, that's what I'm working on right now. And then we'll, <laughs> the next thing, once we, uh, you know, we build a good foundation around it and move forward. But, you know, that's that's the vision of game changing we, we want to bring to the table. Yeah. So, so when you get home, what's the first thing you're going to be like, oh, this is the thing I got to I got to dig more into after, <laughs> after this week? Oh my god! For first thing I'm gonna do is sleep. And <laughs> what will you dream about while you're sleeping? <laughs> so I'm I'm excited about the the. So there was a session I went to. It was Daka Daka Daka, right? Oh, dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dance. And so that's that's where it's gonna be right now. Um, I, another coworker of mine, Mandeep, uh, was with me, and it's the first time he's seen some of that Docker stuff. And he was just like, "Why are we even bothering with VMs? Like, yeah. why don't we just do containers?" I'm like. Yeah, slow down. There's a lot. Of, so there's a lot of gaps still in, in container in the container world, right? Yeah. Networking. Yep. Um, security. We're, we're trying to do some dog fooding of container and OpenShift at, at uh, Booz Allen, and uh, you know our security, our IT security teams are like, okay, so how do we put our agents on here? Like, how do we monitor this? And so we're we're noodling through all those real details that happen in the actual enterprise, right? So. Um, that's what I'll be thinking about is how to get through that. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Cool. Um, so normal, uh, if folks want to learn more, uh, about the, the work that you're doing, uh, about, uh, all the stuff that we talked about, uh, which website are they going to go to? So dgshow.org. Well, uh, normal. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd, I'd love to, you know, let's not make this a yearly thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, we should have you on regular, for real. Yeah, I'd love to have, I can speak like you for said, hours. you're in Austin regularly, right? I'm in Austin, and um, I'm also in the D.C. area. I can go on Skype, so we should do this again sometime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Norma. Thanks, Norma.